Hey, music fans. We wanted to let you know about Music on the Mountain, a show that will feature Anders Osborne, Dogs in a Pile, and Saints and Liars. This show will be directly after the Divided Sky Foundation's fun run at 2 p.m. on Saturday, May 18th at the base of Akimo Mountain in Ludlow, Vermont. The show is presented by The Phoenix, a national nonprofit organization offering support to those in recovery and anyone impacted by substance use to celebrate recovery. If you're running in the Divided Sky Foundation's fund run, you'll be automatically registered for the show. It's a family-friendly event, and all proceeds from ticket sales and other donations benefit the Divided Sky Foundation. Visit Music on the Mountain, that's musiconthemtn.com, for more info and to get tickets. That's musiconthemtn.com. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. This is episode 33, and you know who I'm joined by, Nolan. Say hello. Hello. Ready for another episode on the, and another stop on the 2020 Pseudo Summer Tour. We are hitting three venues this week, Bruce. It's a, it's a busy week, man. I don't know if I might get a little tired. I know, I know it is. We are going up and down the northeast coast, sort of, uh, just exactly like DMB would have. We're going to be hitting Guilford, New Hampshire, the Bank of New Hampshire Pavilion, um, and then Mansfield, Massachusetts, and then down in lovely Wantaw, New York, at uh, <laughs> Jones Beach Amphitheater, where it will undoubtedly rain and ruin everyone's evening. Um, of course. But Nolan, the good thing about this week is we actually have someone who has visited those venues on the podcast, well, at least one of those venues, and that'll be you. So tune Me? in, everyone, for that. Um, Nolan has visited one of these venues several times, and he'll give us some oh. insight there. Yes, but before we get into that, we have a few announcements to make. Bruce. Yeah. Absolutely. As we are making stops on our pseudo summer tour here, we actually have an announcement about t-shirts. 2020 pseudo summer tour t-shirts are now live on our Etsy page. Uh, you can find us corner of Gray Street podcast on Etsy. So we have those up there. Um, fairly limited edition, I guess, Nolan. And um, we will have some stickers up there as well with our beautiful logo that Nolan has designed. Um, so you will find that there and we will hopefully continue to add stuff, um, create new things for you guys. But this will be our first uh, dive into this whole Etsy selling things project. So Nolan, pretty exciting. And, um, you know, I guess just keep on the lookout, everybody. Yeah, for sure. Definitely exciting, but not quite as exciting as our new sponsorship. Yes, that is right. This is the first episode where we get to introduce our new sponsor and partner, and that is Cruise Into Wellness CBD. And we are just thrilled to be working with Cruise Into Wellness 
Bruce, uh, let's get a little background info here. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, Cruise into Wellness is ran by a DMB fan, everybody. Um, and they have been to 100 shows. Their 100th show was this year in Vegas. Their first show at the Wetlands Preserve in 1993. So, you know, oh. you can trust them. Plus, I mean, CBD means Carter Beaufort drums. Carter Beaufort on the drums. <laughs> but, Nolan, they sent us a few... Um, things to try out here and i think we've been enjoying them so far i think that uh you know we are really really glad to have been able to try some of these things why don't you tell them a little bit about what they can find from cruise into wellness yeah well so far um they were kind enough to send us uh some tinctures gummies bath bombs muscle pain lotion hand lotion the chapstick is unreal it's uh it's really good i actually noticed um a big difference i Drank some coffee the other day, a little too much, got a little jittery, had a few CBD gummies, and felt way better. Nice. Tried the uh, the drops on our dogs, too, that have anxiety, and that helps them quite a bit, so could not recommend them more, actually. And if you want to try them out, head to their website, cruiseintowellness.com. Use promo code GRAYPOD for 20% off. That is right. We are bringing you deals absolutely slinging deals all over the place so yeah seriously everybody um they are fantastic so for all of your cbd needs please please visit cruiseintowellness.com um that is cruise c-r-u-z into wellness.com and you can follow them on instagram cruise into wellness cbd they post a lot of good funny stuff as well um and just give them a follow go visit and support our sponsor we really appreciate them reaching out to us and um we're excited to be partnering with them Nolan, yes. and with that, lead us into another stop on the Pseudo Summer Tour. The 2020 Pseudo Summer Tour is going to Guilford, New Hampshire. Yes, DMB is uh, New Hampshire is not not exactly a mainstay for for the Dave Matthews Band, but they had some memorable moments here uh, in 2016 uh, that we're going to touch on. And Bruce, this was the first say goodbye opener. In 16 years, almost to the day, July 5th, 2000, and Guilford gets that Say Goodbye opener. What a way to start the show with Carter Beaufort on the drums. It was really cool. Um, I did not know this. I did not know that Guilford got a Say Goodbye opener. Uh, July 13th, 2016, everybody. And they, I mean, opening with a bang here, really. Uh, Carter Beaufort on the drums, CBD right here. Um, just a really awesome way to open the show. A nearly four-minute uh, drum flute duet with him and uh, Jeff here. And they just both absolutely kill it. They were ready to attack the night. Um, just such a cool way. I wish I could get a Say Goodbye opener. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would kill for that. So unique. So awesome. And we need to hear it. Let's listen to it.
that was so good. You know, maybe maybe we need to go to Guilford, New Hampshire, Nolan. I don't know. I mean, if they're getting say goodbye openers, I don't know. And also, something <laughs> that literally no one else has ever gotten, Dave decided that he was going to play a little bit of I Need a Word. Don't Does that not ring any bells for you guys? Did you not watch Sesame Street with Dave and Grover? I Need a Word. Come on, everybody. Dave, like, played it on a banjo or something. Oh yeah. Well, uh, Dave played a little bit of it right here, Nolan. Yeah, he did. He he teased it. He uh, there was a kid with a sign calling for it, and Dave acknowledged him and uh, played a little bit of it on the twelve string uh, right before Big Eyed Fish, which segues into Bismarck. Oh man! But I mean, the people in Guilford are the only people that have heard this. But now you can also hear it. <laughs> that was pretty cool. I kind of wish that he would uh, play that a little more. I actually kind of like the song. I mean, it's Same. you know a nice little kid song. Um, probably a better kid song than Come Tomorrow, but I mean, whatever. Oh. Um, Nolan, later in the show, we get one of our favorite songs here that rarely ever gets played as well. Um, Guilford, I mean, good Lord, July 13th, 2016. They're getting some nice rare stuff here. Why don't you tell us what else we got that night? One of the best 06 songs. Ooh. You heard that right. Break Free. And Bruce, this is this is how it should be played. This is just like mm-hmm. the 06 versions. It's fast-paced. They have the horn jam. Oh my goodness. I I got very happy listening to this. It sounds so good. It really does. And you're right. I mean, those 06 versions and then this one here, this is where it's at for Break Free. Um, I think you and I have talked a little bit about the 2018 versions, um, the mm-hmm. ones where, there, was there only one, maybe a couple times they played it? Um, yeah, one, I think. They chopped off the outro and just made it really like jazzy and smooth and no thanks. Okay, Break Free should be um, like the Fenway version, the Live Track 6 version there. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of energy and in your face. Um, and this one brings that back to you. And I, I watched the YouTube video of this. There's Honestly, Ooh. YouTube is incredible. You can just literally type in Break Free Guilford and it it pops up. It just knows... It knows what it is. Uh, very <laughs> underrated. In is this the your first in, time using YouTube. <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like of any social media apps, YouTube has the best search function. It's unreal. Yes. But watching it, Dave is like absolutely grooving, and you can tell he's like he's loving playing the song. But alas, we don't ever get to hear it. But we're gonna hear some of it right meow.
So good. That is a fantastic way to close out our uh, little segment here for Guilford. Um, way to go, guys. Um, hopefully, I think the band will return there in 2021, it looks like. So hopefully you will get some great stuff then as well. But Nolan, we need to head over to Massachusetts, to Mansfield. And before we get to a couple shows that you actually attended, we wanted to touch on one thing that happened there um, that was kind of sort of important at the time, <laughs> still is pretty important. Um, I mean, it's kind of cool, I guess. Uh, why don't you tell us about it? I'm not really interested, honestly. <laughs> yes, on 7905, we have one of the... One of, if not the biggest liberations in the band's history, and that is number 34, oh. liberated after 12 years on the shelf. Since 1993, Bruce. And this was not a tease, as Dave did earlier that summer and throughout the years. This is a full band version, Bruce, and it is glorious. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, he had been, or they had been teasing it a little bit throughout the summer. Um I'm not sure exactly how many times they had before that, but we saw one of them just about a week or so before that. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Dave, for playing a minute <laughs> and a half of that, getting us very excited, and then going into You Might Die Trying back when it was absolutely abysmal. Um, <sighs> but, Nolan, I, I'm surprised that you're talking about this. I thought you were talking about the old Dirt Hill and the Encore. Um, mm. That's what I thought you were going to talk about. Yeah, the 34 is great. Um <laughs> No, but unbelievable. First time since, like you said, March 23rd, 1993. Um, or 1,436 days in between performances. My God. And, uh, I mean, we absolutely love this song. It is beautiful. Just such a great jazzy number that mm-hmm. we wish the band would play more of. And, you know, has become really the defining song sort of uh, for the late Leroy Moore. It really has, and I mean, of course, in 05, this is Roy playing on it, and man, just just beautiful music, and it seems like whenever, I believe it's been busted back out since that 05 tour, just a handful of times, and I always feel like it's a tribute to Roy whenever it gets played, but mm, it is it is so good, and it's really cool that you can tell when the full when the whole band joins in it's not just dave strumming the uh that riff the crowd goes nuts because they understand that the importance of this song being played like oh my god this song hadn't been played in 12 years and really cool to hear the crowd understand it and really cool to hear roy doing some nice improv stuff that we all need to hear this is a history lesson folks so take (laughs) notes
is absolutely beautiful. I need this song in my life. Need it to be played in 2021, Nolan. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't care where we are when we see it. We just need to see it. But that was just awesome. We had to take a trip down memory lane back to 2005. But enough of that. Enough of the shows that we haven't attended. Nolan has been to Mansfield, Massachusetts, ladies and gentlemen. He has been to this amphitheater Not once, but twice. And I'm pretty much going to step back from the mic here for a little bit. And I'm going to let Nolan wax on about these couple of shows to tell you when they were, what he remembers from them. Um, And I'm pretty pumped to hear exactly uh, what you're going to say here, my man. So am I, because I don't know what I'm going to say. But uh, I do remember these shows pretty well. I saw the tour opener in 2007, August 1st, 07. And then eight years later, I made a return trip, June 13th, 2015, during the DMB Two Sets era. But we'll start with this uh, this tour opener here and was able to attend, actually, with my parents and my good friend Jake, friend of the pod, big-time listener, yes. and uh, his parents actually were there as well. So Pretty shout crazy out. that the tour started August 1st. I know, super late, and... If I remember correctly, we were in Boston um, a few days before leading up to it, and there was a massive, massive heat wave, and went to a game at Fenway Park that was 106 minimum, just the maybe the hottest I've ever been. It was brutal, so a little toasty at this concert, <laughs> but got even toastier when the boys came out and busted out a crush tour opener. I was in shock, and I believe I called you so you could hear it. Oh, yeah, you called before the song even started, and it was like a Stefan solo a little bit, and then I was like, okay, bye. I'm just hanging up. No way. (laughs) So mad. Oh, yes. So funny. It was funny that we used to do that if we were at a show and the other person wasn't, just not trolling the other person, but hey, this this awesome thing is happening right now. I know, and now you just have Periscope or something. Like, you can just watch it anywhere, it seems like. Yeah, and those weren't even calls on an iPhone. Those were flip phone, baby. That was Motorola Razor. Yes. So, Crush, definitely a highlight. Get the night going. One of the next big highlights for me was an early Nancy's, and, you know, Dave was doing his improv intros during this time, and this one was pretty cool. It's a first day of work. Uh, intro, Dave improving, <laughs> and I liked. It. I did not remember this part at all, um, but re-listening to it, it's pretty funny. Let's uh, let's take a peek. Same 
That's awesome. Uh, first day of work for the first day of the tour. Way to go, Dave. Yeah, pretty clever. Getting back into the groove, back into that workflow. And uh, this uh, this show actually saw a couple of new song debuts. Um, you'd heard them Dave and Tim previously, but next up we have a number 27 full band debut. And, you know, this debuted a few months earlier, uh, Dave and Tim, but full band on display right here and it's it's a solid opening version i feel like this song is there's nothing fancy or shiny about it it is just a solid song and so is this performance That is, um, it's always a good one to hear, and I think that's one mm-hmm. that we have not really wavered on at all since it debuted. Uh, we have loved it ever since, and glad that we actually have a studio version of it as well. Absolutely, would have loved for it to have actually been on Big Whiskey, but alas, we at least have a version of it. Uh, so we'll take it. Fine, we'll take it. Next up, Xavier Rudd opened for DMB uh, to start the summer tour, and yes, believe it or not, DMB had openers back in the day for all you noobs, new listeners. <laughs> no openers anymore. Back in the day, ton of openers, and they would frequently guest with the band. Xavier Rudd guesting on this one, and this was when DMB was really into the song Still Water by Daniel Lenoir going into Don't Drink the Water, and brings out Xavier Rudd on the didgeridoo. That's right, he's an Aussie. And this is a seven-minute version of Stillwater, <laughs> which is kind of nuts. Um, but it's it's cool. Uh, I think it would get old if you kept hearing it like this over and over again. But for one, one version of this, pretty cool. Bruce, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I remember listening to some of that 
um, when they toured in Australia with uh, Xavier and then um, had him on a couple of shows in the States as well. It was definitely very interesting. Um, I kind of you know, wish that I would have been able to see that because I've never seen someone play a didgeridoo live. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, it had to be something very, very kind of jarring maybe and just unique and interesting so i mean that is really pretty cool it's pretty awesome you got to see that yeah it was, it was pretty cool uh he had a pretty elaborate setup if i remember correctly just like this huge i don't think it was just one didgeridoo i think it was several um huh. if, if anyone can confirm that or has photos of that let us know but in my head i'm i feel like he had a big setup with multiple yeah, he had that in the in the uh, lap guitar or whatever he would play. Um, That's right. So he probably had multiple didgeridoos and then a lap guitar and all sorts of stuff up there on the stage. Yeah, pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, you've heard some of it in the background. Here's here's a little bit more as it transitions into. Don't drink the water.
Remix adds uh, a few cool fills and notes throughout Don't Drink the Water. Pretty cool there. And then another guest comes out, Sam Kininger. He guests on Jimmy Thing and Bayou. And this is a Jimmy Thing that features a butch scat matching his <laughs> piano playing and uh, Dave doing his improv scats as well. Those were cool for a time. I'm kind of glad those don't happen anymore. Um, not sure any could top Central Park 03 or Golden Gate Park 04. Those are all-timers. Yes. And then Bruce, I was so pumped to see this. We all know Cornbread debuted during that Dave and Tim spring run of 07, most notably Radio City Music Hall. We have seen the DVD. It is incredible. Dave on his funky half electric guitar i don't even know what it is but it is <laughs> awesome i think he says he picked it up in a random guitar store in seattle but he plays the same guitar on cornbread during this e1 dave solo cornbread debut first time played at a full band show and bruce i love this absolutely um I've always loved the Radio City version of it, and just really cool that that's kind of how it started out. Um, I really like the early versions of the song Full Band. I love the Dave solo with that guitar. It is pretty cool. And then I still love Dave and Tim versions of it. Not as big on it Full Band anymore, um, but yeah. I think that these versions are really awesome. And that's a... Uh, that's a little nice piece to the uh, career puzzle you have there to fit in with that uh, unique guitar, Dave Solo, Cornbread, debut mm-hmm. at a full band show. That's that's a uh, that's a unique one right there. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I I liked it a lot, and I saw the uh, full band debut of the song just a few nights later in Hartford, so kind of went Ooh, full maybe circle Norlander there. Was there? Probably not. I don't know if he was cool enough to go back then. <laughs> just kidding he's the man um but yeah e1 dave solo cornbread you need to hear this right now and then and that goes into two-step oh boy Oh, the night I need a 
solid encore then there nolan um dave solo cornbread and a two-step which was likely around 15 20 minutes long um was there anything i didn't get to listen to this two-step to be honest with you anything noteworthy there um do you remember much about it Mm, it was it was a standard 07 two-step um dave has part of the tell me a story intro um, there before that big build up, it says something about Superman. Um, he was into those tell me a story intros at the time, and then during the jam, I feel like he doesn't normally do this, but uh, shouts out Fonz and Carter during uh, during the slow part of the jam, right before the final build up. So that was kind of cool. Carter Beaufort on the drums. Uh, 
thanks everybody for coming out and shouts out Fonz and Carter, but um, not a super noteworthy version. For a noteworthy version, we're going to go to 2015 here. And Bruce, it's time to talk about June 13th, 2015. I attended with Derek and Dana. Shout out to my Elon buddies, a former roommate. Had a blast at this show with you guys. And Bruce, pretty solid show. DMV two sets. That's awesome. So both of your Mansfield experiences were with other friends of the pod. Shout yes. out to all those gentlemen. Hope y'all are doing well. Um, well, I'm not really interested in this 2015 show. I'm kind of disappointed you weren't there in 2014 when Dave really showed Mansfield how he feels about them. And um, in the return of the lovely ladies, the 13 year hiatus they had been on. Congratulations, Mansfield way to go um they Ooh. saw the return of the lovely ladies uh mm. one year prior nolan but i'm just messing with you i'm very interested in this 2015 <laughs> 2015 show um i think that there are a couple of things that are a little more interesting to me than uh than that 2014 situation oh most definitely you know dmb two sets got knocked a little bit for the regular for them not changing it up during the acoustic set it was the same group of songs being played uh kind of over and over kind of alternating uh between maybe 20 songs would you say bruce yeah i'd say that's probably about right but this one features two rarities of raven and the stone back to back that's awesome Actually, the only time Raven was ever played in Mansfield. Wow. That is a great tidbit there. And (laughs) how does that happen? I don't know. I don't know. Um, But I did actually get to listen to these Nolans because, I mean, Raven and Stone acoustic, that sounds awesome. The Raven sounded a lot like the electric versions. Um, Mm -hmm. Carter was very loud. Um, I was kind of hoping for a little bit more differentiation there. But Stone had some cool stuff with yeah. Tim heavy on the acoustic there and Carter doing some light bongo congo work or whatever there in the intro. So I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, what do you think of those? And regardless, those two songs back-to-back is rare and awesome no matter what. Oh, yeah. I was pumped with Raven, and it just it just starts. There's no intro. Dave just goes into it singing, and uh, that was cool. Stone loved hearing acoustic. I think Tim Reynolds on the acoustic guitar is just such a, he's Yoda. And some of his fills on this, I was like, oh my God, yes, I need (laughs) more of that, please. Yes, exactly. He does have some great fills here in the stone. I think we're going to play a couple of those right now. Thank you. 
stuff there from Timmy and the band and the electric set gets kicked off with a nice minarets opener and if you don't like a minarets opener then you need to not go see them play ever because what a way to start oh my gosh uh does not get much better than minarets opener other than maybe a say goodbye opener so so far i mean that's two for two on this podcast with openers bruce loving it three for three if you count the crush tour opener in mansfield we are just man giving you guys the best openers in this podcast and then a few other things of note. Well, so much to say. Anyone seen the bridge? Too much fake into ants marching mid-set. That's uh, that doesn't happen often. No, absolutely not. That would be pretty cool. I mean, I love the um, mid-set ants or ants yes. opener. Ooh, yes, love it, love it, love them changing it up. Virginia in the rain making an appearance in this one, and that is featuring Dave on the keys and. He holds his own. He does a good job on this. I've. This might be as good as the song is. I think it might be one of their most underrated songs. It just, I don't think, gets enough love or talked about enough, Bruce. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, it's our favorite from Come Tomorrow. Um, Carter is just so good on it, and he is especially really good live as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a, it's a good song. Tim has some cool stuff. Uh, I wish they'd go back to playing it that way live some. Um, I do love the Dave solo versions and the Dave and Tim. They're awesome as well. Uh, but I do miss yep. the full band versions for sure. Oh, yeah. And before we get into our next venue and stop on the tour, we've got an encore here for you. And this is actually, I can't believe we're actually going to play part of this, but it was so unique. And honestly, I could not believe it when I started hearing it. But an E1 Smooth Rider. And this is in 2015, mind you. E1 Smooth Rider partial that I think was actually aborted into two-step. And it is so bizarre that they play like through the first verse and chorus and then just, it's like two and a half minutes and just fade into two-step. Dave switches guitars. It was on the set list. I'm so glad it was not the full version. Um, I don't know if they ran out of time or what, but so weird, Bruce. Yeah, it seems like that could have been it, that maybe, um, you know, they were like, all right, well, let's play it anyways, and we'll play a couple minutes and just end it, and then we'll go into two-step, because we know two-step's going to be awesome, and it's going to be 18, 20 minutes, um, so we don't have time for a 17-minute noodly smooth rider like in Seabell 06, God. But yeah, I mean, it actually wasn't that bad um, for as much of me not being a fan of it. I wasn't terribly, uh, terribly, it wasn't vomit inducing, I guess. No, I was singing along <laughs> in person. I'm not going to lie. And your daddy called me sneaking out so big. It's just a game where they see you roll that way. Don't think, sweet baby, that I'm messing with your head.
Tim had some cool stuff in there. And if it's only two and a half minutes, that's harmless, especially if it's going to go into a uh, into a pretty what I would consider a sick version of two step. But you were the one there, Nolan. So you experienced this in real time, in real life. Was it a good two step? I think every two step is a good two step, Bruce. And <laughs> this was one of the best I have ever seen or heard. I feel like two-step in the, really from, we've talked about this before, 06 to 2016, I mean, two-step was just on fire, and Tim adds another layer to this where the song is just a monster, absolute monster, and it was here, uh, time bomb intro, but the jam is just unreal, starts with Tim. And then there's a Stefan Lassard section of the jam that kind of blew me away and caught me so off guard. It is money. Then Carter takes over. Then Dave takes over. You know, he used to get into that jam. It was like Dave's playing started the second to last outro jam, (laughs) if you will. The outros. Yeah, and then they all, you know, bring it back together and end it, and then, oh, wait, Carter's going to keep playing, and almost sounds like he's going into Ants a little bit, but, um, man, what a monster of a song. It really is, and, um, I mean, we're going to have to play some of that Stefan part because, you know, we don't get enough unique Stefan stuff. You know, he plays the solos in the Watchtower, solos in the Crush, and they're great. Um, They're Mm -hmm. all a lot of times kind of similar and it just doesn't seem like he wants to branch out too much but it's not because he can't um and it's not because you know he's just sticking into something that you know he is like more comfortable with i guess i don't, I don't know because he certainly can go off and he can certainly play some slap at a bass bond um where he is really getting into it and getting aggressive um and he is just so underrated and you know I think that he should do this more, and I wish that there were more spaces for Stefan to really just shine and be out front and center uh, with this band. So this was really awesome to hear.
Howdy, y'all. Take care. Thank you for being so good. Good night. That was Stefan Lassard on the bass guitar and Carter Beaufort on the drums and Dave on the acoustic guitar. Oh, my God. That was awesome. And, man, could hear two-step at every show, needed at every show. So, so good. And, Bruce, we are now going to jump to Jones Beach. And we had a pretty cool idea for this one, if I may say so myself. We're going to switch it up and talk a little bit about John Mayer. That's right. We were talking about Jones Beach, and the other day I texted you and was like, didn't John Mayer say something about his first DMB show being at Jones Beach while he was playing a concert at Jones Beach? And sure enough, later that day, Copperpot, the goat, posted the video (laughs) saying 10 years ago today, John Mayer said this about his first concert being DMB at Jones Beach and was like, oh my God, what in the world? That so is, you're saying Copperpot has hacked our text conversations? Probably, yes. The coincidence oh, of that is unbelievable. <laughs> um, so let's listen to this John Mayer comment from his concert at Jones Beach in 2010. So my first show ever in my life, I bought a ticket for here at Jones Beach in 1996. Actually, it wasn't uh, something you might find a Zappapo, or uh, ironic, but I, my first show ever was Dave Matthews Band here at Jones Beach in 1996. It's a year right after high school. I was a Matthew McConaughey character from Days and Confused for a couple of years. That night, when I was sitting over there, right about where you are, man, when you're doing this with your hands, right about where you are, that's probably almost the seat I was in. I met, actually, I didn't know that my manager would have been backstage that night. I, uh, you know, he was a road manager for Dave Matthews Band, ended up being my manager. And, uh, and playing, uh, opening for Dave Matthews that night in Dion Ferris's band was David Ryan Harris on the guitar. Pretty awesome. I kind of wish he would have actually just played Jimmy Thing, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. as opposed to going straight into Why Georgia, which I love that song too, so I'm not really that pissed. But uh, pretty cool that he threw that bone out there. Uh, but Nolan, I think John was just a little confused, don't you? Yeah, I think John was just off by a year. His actual first show was September 3rd, 1995. Not 96, as he announced to the crowd. But man, he saw quite the show the tour finale show for that 95 summer tour that year that was his first concert ever (laughs) pretty awesome oh it was definitely awesome and so cool that david ryan harris guested uh during that show and is now in john mayer's band i mean that is just some weird full circle stuff right there and also cool that Mayor teased Jimmy Thing and saw David Ryan Harris guest on Jimmy Thing during that first concert. He saw him also guest on Rhyme, Watchtower, and Ants. Ooh. Pretty pretty cool stuff there, Bruce. Mayor, what else did Mayor get to see in that opener? Oh, man. I mean, just his first song um, as a concert goer and as a DMB concert goer, goer was Best of What's Around. Uh, what a great opener. We've already touched on this just a ton 
how great of an opener it is. And you know you're going to get a great show when Boa opens the show. And Dave actually opens the show by telling everyone that this is our other home, Nolan. Like, wow, what a shout-out, Jones Beach. Is he talking about like, New York, the New York area? Like, what is going on here? Do they really love Jones Beach that much? I'm kind of confused. Um, quite the compliment. SPAC, what do you guys have to say about this? <laughs> and may, is he saying that it's their other New York home? Who knows? I mean, who really knows what, what Dave is ever saying? Um, but, you know, pretty awesome. Open the last show of the tour with Best of What's Around. Later on down in the show, Nolan, we get a 41 41 police whatever you want to call it an early 41 and we both found this to be pretty cool with um you know some cool lyrics you've got uh some boyd solo in there some cool jamming and it's just a fresh just unique old school 41 oh yeah love it love the early lyrics and obviously not the song that we've come to know and love now but so cool to see the evolution of songs we're going to have to throw 41 into our list of evolution episodes that we hit oh, at yeah. some point. And Bruce, maybe the coolest part of the night, other than the whole John Mayer connection, is the Dave and Dion Ferris duet on Typical E1. It's just the two of them, and it, it wow. I didn't know what to think, but I love this. I know. I wasn't sure what to expect either. Um, but it worked so well. Um, she has such a beautiful voice and obviously compliments Dave well. And it was just a perfect song for them, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe another song would have been just as good. I don't know. But this was money and just had a lot of cool spots in there. She fit very well, hit a lot of great notes, um, did some improv of her own. Um, mm -hmm. But it seemed like that it was fairly well practiced. Yeah, it sounded like she knew the song and... Always kudos to the guests who know the song. I mean, she nailed it. Absolutely. And we're going to play some of that for you right here because, I mean, you just obviously have to hear it. So here you go. Here's Dave and Dion Ferris, Typical Situation. I'm going to bring out one of my newer friends. going to come out and teach me how to sing. Yeah. I'm going to bring Dion Ferris out. She's going to help me out with a little song to you. Ten fingers counting, we have each nine planets around the sun feet. Eight by the last, if you triumphant be seven oceans pummel the shores of the sea. It's a typical situation in these typical times. Too many choices, it's a typical
six senses, feeling fire around the sense of sound. Four seasons turn on and turn on. I can see three corners from this corner. Well, two's the perfect number, but one
Mm, beautiful stuff there from Dave and Dion. Speaking of beautiful stuff, 2012 Jones Beach saw an absolutely epic version of You Never Know. And this is Dave starting the song off just with his guitar. And, uh, you know, Carter used to start that out with a little drum intro. But this is Dave going right into it. And all you need to know about this version is Jeff Coffin, the destroyer of worlds. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. This is just a couple days after uh, the version that we played on the Best of SPAC set list. Nolan, this is only four days after I saw a pretty good version, and mm. I don't know. This one might be better. Um, let's go ahead and play some of, like you said, just Total Destruction by Jeff right here, and then we'll let the audience decide.
he is a bad man, Bruce. Absolutely. Just un, just incredible. And the next night they did something unique as well. Uh, June 13th, 2012, the band decided to play um, a tribute to MCA, Adam Yauk of the Beastie Boys, after he had passed away not too long before this show. Um, I almost think that this was probably something Stefan um, asked for or, you know, yeah. really kind of pushed for. I can definitely see Stefan being a big Beastie Boys guy. And um, what did they do here, Nolan? Oh, they went in to so much to say right into Brass Monkey. That funky monkey. Yeah, Brass Monkey. So cool. Awesome, awesome tribute. DMB nails their tributes. I mean, if you can say whatever you want about DMB, but if they're doing a tribute, they are nailing it 100%. They would be the world's best cover band uh, if that's all they did. But, man... That sounds really cool, and then goes into a little too much fake into ants marching, but you know this was pretty unique to 2012. And let's play a little bit of this. That is awesome. Um, it sounds so cool when Jeff comes in there playing those yeah. notes. Um, that was a ton of fun. And you're right. They could cover anything, and they pretty much nail every single thing that they cover. And then sometimes it seems that they abandon their better covers sometimes, and it makes me so sad. Oh. <sighs> we'll do a covers we, episode we, sometime in the future. Oh, yeah. That would be fun. Oh, 100% we're going to do that. But we have, yeah. but we have to table that for now. Yep. And we've got to skip over to 2017 at Jones Beach. 
the Dave and Tim tour, the Dave and Tim summer tour. Um, and we have a special guest. Most people will know him from his fantastic guest appearance on Last Stop at the Gorge in 2016. Hamilton de Orlando, as Dave says oh. it. Um, he joins Dave and Tim here for a few songs. And one of them is, as we talked about earlier, one of our favorite Dave and Tim songs, Nolan. Yes, Hamilton de la Honda on the bandolin, I believe, is, uh, <laughs> is what it's called. But yeah, bandolin, he bandolin, he's the band. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. And so is his hair. But uh, yes, Cornbread making another appearance, and he has a nice solo on this. Sorry, Timmy, make out, make way for the bandolin here. Oh man, it is so good. <laughs> I really like Tim's stuff, especially when he uses the slide, um, the Dave and Tim solos for Cornbread. But this one is just otherworldly. So let's play a little bit of that right now. I want to introduce you to somebody that's up here from Brazil, from Rio de Janeiro. And uh, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a great pleasure to have him here. Uh, uh, I, I hope you uh, I hope you leave here with a new appreciation for the mandolin. But I and I also hope that uh, you understand uh, doing my best with his name. But I'd like to introduce Hamilton de Landa. on the pod fans of the pod are tired of me hearing about all the cool shows and experiences our buddy alex has had but uh he was also at this show so just 
added to his list of cool stuff. Thanks for that. <laughs> Bud. Yes. Hope you're listening. And for those of you who don't know who Nolan's talking about, go back and listen to our the ultimate gorge experience episode. That's Alex, okay? And yeah, we <laughs> we hate him. Um <laughs> But I think I forgot to mention the date here. This is June 6, 2017. Actually has the first warehouse opener by Dave and Tim uh, since 99. And then they had a pig early in the show. But Mm. Nolan, let's get back to the guest appearance here. Um, I just think that I buried the lead a little bit. Oh, yeah. This show had a lot. And, yeah, he uh, he joins Tim again on stage for the... Baden Powell cover of Tempo Feliz, and that is pretty uh, pretty short, pretty nice to listen to. Nice performance here, and then Two Step, a great version of Two Step, Bruce. It's so good. I think it's going to close out this show. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think we're just going to have to put it at the end of the show. There's too much good stuff in there, um, and just what a great guest. He has been. Um, he's given us a lot of great versions. And how cool is it to have a guest with Tim? That's not Dave. When it's like Tim solo time. Nope. We're gonna have a guest, and they're gonna play a cover, and it was pretty cool. So, what an awesome show there that they got up there in Jones Beach for Dave and Tim. <sighs> pretty unique venue, you know, as it's there on the water and kind of looks like a stadium. And they mm-hmm. get some pretty good shows, and I think that um, you know we found some good stuff to play there. Hopefully, everyone enjoyed the stop there at Jones Beach and all three stops with Guilford, New Hampshire, Mansfield, Massachusetts, and Jones Beach out there in Wantagh, New York. Um, Nolan, just another great segment of the 2020 Pseudo Summer Tour. Oh, yeah. Why don't you preview slightly what we're going to be doing on the next leg of the pseudo summer tour? Got a little southern swing coming at you, and this is right in our wheelhouse, Bruce. We have been to all of these venues, and uh, it's time for another dream set list of (laughs) songs that we have seen live at at these concert venues in... I mean, I don't know if it can hold a flame to SPAC, but there's some pretty good stuff in here that we are we are excited about for next week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we're going to hit up Virginia Beach, Raleigh, Charlotte, Atlanta. Um, I don't know, man. It's going to be really, really good. We have some work to do. We received so much mm-hmm. great feedback from the SPAC episode that we're going to test this out yet again and see if we can come up with something that holds a candle to it. I don't know. We'll see. Um, But we're going to do our best yet again with a Southern Swing version of that. Um, As we're about to close out the East Coast leg of the Pseudo Summer Tour, Nolan, we've only got West Palm Beach after that. Man, it's going by quickly. Yes, it is. But, you know, once we finish with that, we'll still have... DMB drive-ins and DMB Friday nights on Sirius XM. And this Friday night, it seems like uh, a pretty epic one. Dave and Tim, February 16th, 1996, at Pepin Gymnasium in Middlebury, Vermont. Never before released. Bruce, do we think they're actually going to release it? <laughs> that seems to be the question. I really, really hope so. Because uh, I don't really think that they have played anything unreleased on Sirius um, before. 
Nope. I don't know, but I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that this would be the first time, and that would be really, really awesome. We are very excited for this, if this is true. 96 DNT is some of the best, Dave and Tim. They were really sharp, Nolan, and um, this set list, we won't spoil it, but it's pretty damn good. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is, and uh, Bruce, that wraps up another episode. We've got a lot in store uh, in the weeks ahead that the fan base is really going to enjoy. Shout out once again to Cruise into Wellness CBD for the sponsor. Um, you can find us on our social media, Gray Street Pod, on Instagram and Twitter, the Corner of Gray Street Podcast Facebook page. Email us at uh, graystreetpod at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. If you have any uh any hints, tips, whatever you're feeling, let us know, and uh, we'll try and get it on the show. But, Bruce, another great week. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone, for joining yet again. Thanks for listening to all of these back episodes and everything, and thanks for all the great feedback. Enjoy the new T-shirts and uh, the new stickers as well. Thanks to Cruise into Wellness CBD. And as always, stay safe, everybody, and we'll see you next time on The Corner of Gray Street.